Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. For Secretary of Health and Education, I nominate Javier Bacaria. You know, Javier Bacaria, excuse me. These folks have great futures, but they're burdened by debt. We want to remove it. Here's a map of the United States. The red ink shows where people are wearing masks. The black ink shows where people are getting sick with coronavirus. <laughs> I hope you can see the fewer the masks, the more the sick. So since about 1900... 94. One of the low points of my life has been on a continual basis, although he went away for a good 10 years. Bill Nye, the science guy. There was, <laughs> there was a time in the early 90s when a new network called um, uh, Microsoft NBC came out, and Bill Nye uh, made made appearances on that show, uh, in that station, I believe. And then immediately, first of all, you better justify yourself pretty damn quickly if you're a bow tie guy. Pretty damn quickly. Because um, that is an affectation of a complete and total jerk. And admittedly, in like 1980, I started wearing my grandfather's old bow ties in like the early 80s, from like 80, 81, 82. And I assumed that my grandmother was filled with rage and <laughs> hatred for me, and rightfully so. But if you're going to be the bow tie guy, you better, you know, tread carefully, I would say, and uh, make sure you're not... I mean, Tucker Carlson, I think literally his career was set back by a decade and a half of bow tie wearing. You better be careful. Some of our favorite listeners are bow tie wearers. What? Are they? Mm Mm-hmm. Who? Who wears... Who among you wears a bow tie? (laughs) Mr. Toast wears a bow tie. Does he? Have I seen him with a bow tie? He's a bow tie guy. No, he's not. He is. Hmm. Is he really? Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe you can pull it off. He is a unique kind of fella. He is. Hmm. I'd have to check this out. I spied the toasts, by the way, on their, <laughs> on their uh, BC clays about a month and a half ago on, uh, on a road mm-hmm. around here. I spied them. I did. I gestured. She never. Do you notice that Toast never recognizes us, us out in pub, like when we we're in a car in our own car when she's on I a bike? I don't know about that. I. Uh, Mr. Toast drove by and a, waved at us while we were in our garden. He did. Yes. Oh, that was him. Okay. Yes. I saw he had a fetching tie on. A b- fetching bow tie. Yeah. So anyway, this is Bill Nye the Science Guy. Do I want to play Bill Nye the Science Guy? Why? He's been bothering me now for decades, with the exception of the... Well, I actually... grew up on Bill Nye the Science Guy, full disclosure. Oh, and liked sorry. Bill Nye the Science Guy. You know, he's not a science guy. Not a scientist. He's not really a scientist. No, he's he, a jerk. He's stretching on the, the TV. definition of science guy, but and as he, is, a, he is so as the a guy. As a fourth grader, who, like, I liked him. Yes. He is so the guy who like eats everything in the green room <laughs> and like takes everything free he can find from the television station, which I will admit I respect because I am a petty thief, so I respect that. Um, but Bale and I, first of all, uh, happy Tuesday for us, or Wednesday maybe for you, depending. But it's technically Tuesday, December 8th, the 40th anniversary 
<coughs> of the murder of John Lennon. Can you believe it? 40 years ago, John Lennon shot. I never really got on the Lennon train until after he was dead. About 86, I really got into it. And back then, of course, when you're, when you're really young, you know, I was like 13 or whatever, it still seems it seems like a long time because then it was six years ago. But now you think about six years and that's nothing. But back then, his killer still looked like he looked. You know, he'd mm-hmm. lost a few pounds and... It was a weird time. I got the People magazine that had his killer in it, and it was the People magazine also had like the fridge, William Refrigerator Perry, because the Bears were huge that year. It was a weird thing, but anyway, uh, yes. Yeah, so that is John Lennon, uh, forty years ago. Certainly a brilliant man. Certainly, I can think he should be classified as the king of rock and roll. He was the best songwriter, the best rock singer that there ever could have been. And um, I think he's just, uh, you know, incredible. And I used to, thankfully, I've really, I spent my teenage years just loving John Lennon mm-hmm. and everything As he did. As did I. And, um, yeah, and I, um, and, uh, and just, you know, I, I had I had a guitar and I wanted to be John Lennon, of course, but and but I hated my, I had a guitar teacher and he, I was supposed to do, learn to use scales, et cetera, awful stuff. And I told him that I just love the Beatles, love the Beatles. And he said, you know, Tom, do you want to just throw away the theory book? And do you want to just teach a, <laughs> just teach a Beatles he song? He figured you out. Huh? Yeah. And I said, yeah, just teach me Beatles songs. And so we just learned Beatles songs. It's funny, Alice. We just, he just taught me Beatles songs. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Cyril, John Lennon. This is very important, Cyril. What does want to What he's saying, by the way, I want to nurse right now. Oh, buddy. He is. Uh, this is ugly. I may have to kill your mic for a second. So this is. Uh, so this is. Uh, so this is weird. So I take these guitar lessons with a great teacher, a great guy, and since he was teaching me all about the Beatles and all, all he he loved the Beatles too. He was probably twenty six at the time, and I was just a teenager, fifteen. And I would go in with my guitar into a Boston, sometimes North Station, take my guitar as a you know fourteen years old or whatever or 13 times, and take my guitar on the green line to Newbury Street where he lived and walk down there. And it was very, really cool because I got to do these old adult things and and to keep it clean. And uh, and uh, and would hang out in his apartment at Newbury Street, and he'd, he'd teach me all the Beatles songs. He was a really good guitarist. I don't know if he went to – maybe he was a Berkeley grad, but he was really good. Ridiculously. He was a brilliant guy. And and then we uh, hung out. Uh, he'd take me when he he had girlfriends, and he would go on these dates because he was a musician. So he'd have these beautiful girlfriends, and I, he'd bring me as the third wheel because he was interested in talking to me about John Lennon more than he was his girlfriends. So we even we saw the Imagine movie together. He and his girlfriend and me, like he grabbed me from Winchester. He was he lived uh, down like I said in, in the Back Bay of Boston, and like w- like we were really close and really friends and. You know, I'd have uh, you know teenage falling outs, whatever, with my parents, and and so he'd just meet me somewhere to take my guitar lesson instead of at my house or at his place. Sometimes he'd just go say, "I'll meet you at your high school," and we'll just uh, we'll take. It sounds shady, it's not. Um, but so so anyway, so we saw we we always talked about the Beatles and et cetera. So then you know I I, I leave high school and I that's it for guitar lessons and this and that and um and um. But we were really tight there for a few years, and it's amazing. Then, in like the year, like 2002 or something, maybe it's – it doesn't matter. It's around the, around the year 2000. I worked at a hotel. I worked at hotels, and we were at this party, this concierge party. I think it was for the for um, at Skipjack's, which was a seafood place. I don't know if it's still there in Clarendon Street in Boston. Great seafood place. And – he was there with a band, playing with a band. As like the house band, uh, you know, they were playing classics, you know, um, Mac the Knife kind of stuff. And I said, oh, my God, that's my guy. It's Hunter. The guy's name was Hunter. And I said, I haven't seen this guy in more than 10 years since I was a teenager. And we hung out all the time going to uh, all these. We went to a gentleman exhibit, I think, with his lithographs. We did Whatever. And I wait till after set, and I say, Hunter, hi, it's Tom. And he said, who? I said, Tom. Remember Tom Shattuck from Winchester? We used to give me lessons. We used to be in the – we used to talk about the Beatles. We hung out. And he said, oh, no, sorry, man. I don't I don't know. And I said, really? I'm from 
we hung up we with your girlfriends. We used to go to see the Imagine movie maybe more than once. You know, how many fourteen-year-old boys were hanging out in the car? It was a question worth asking. Um, and he's like, oh, "No, sorry, I don't remember." It's like, "What? That's impossible that you don't remember." We've hung out. We were inseparable. I mean, not inseparable. I mean, you, you cash a lot of my dad's checks. I can tell you that. But he totally didn't remember. It's like incredible. I, I've got this witness to some of my childhood playing guitar, and it's totally gone. So either he's lying, which is possible. I don't know why. I mean, maybe I do. Why? I mean, are you, are you really going to keep all the files like with the the fat kid in the jean jacket who likes John Lennon? Who's I can't imagine. But maybe that's why. I I, I don't blame him for. For not, but that, that's weird. Have you had that? If you've had that, let me know on DM me and let me know it's not just me. People just suddenly don't remember at all. Actually, at, at, there's also a woman I went on a date with. I went on a date with her in like 1999 or something. Um, we went on this date. It was uh, in we've it was in the back bay or Beacon Hill in Boston Common, wherever. And remember, I went about four dates. And I was not good at dating, and I was not good at dating with her. But she loved me. I was one of these dates where, for some reason, she liked me no matter what. And I had terrible material. I had no game. I had nothing good, to, profound to say. But she liked me. And at the end of the date, she kissed me. And she was the kisser. And she was really looking forward to seeing more dates. And she kind of looked like Jennifer Love Hewitt. So I was thrilled because I was in the Jennifer Love Hewitt days. Um, and, and then she... Uh, like reached out to me when I worked. In, I was on the when I was on the Michael Graham show. Anyway, she she followed me as a as a fan in radio a few years ago, and even though the whole time she was following me as a fan, she didn't recognize me as the guy who had gone on a date with her. And I t messaged her on LinkedIn. This all could be on the cutting room floor. Messaged her on LinkedIn, and said, "Hey, Liza, Liza Riolo, I think it was her name. Liza, if you're watching, hello." I said, hey, remember, actually, she said, I'm a big fan, whatever. I said, hey, remember that we went on a date in the in the 90s? And it was fun, and this and that, and everyone. She, she said, oh, no, I'm sorry, I have no, I have no recollection at all. Nothing. Come on. Somebody. Somebody's got to remember. Does that happen? Can't be me. If that's happened to you, too, let me know your, your story. And tell me if you believe the person. Because I don't know if I necessarily believe the person. How could she not remember? I mean, I'm. I. I mean, I looked a little different then. I mean, I, I was. I guess maybe I. I guess the thinner '90s version, '90s version of me is just simply unremarkable, nondescript. You know, this. I was a. I was. A, oh, that's right. That's how I met her. That's right. She was with another guy at a bar at the. What was the bar that they say? The Green Dragon. That's right. That's right. And she just locked onto me. And this was one of those deals. I, I guys, good-looking guys get this all the time, probably. I didn't, but uh, or you could do no wrong. I just went into the bar and I was like with my friend. Is this young woman with a guy over there? Is she looking at me? And he was like, Yeah, I think she is. And I was like, Wow. And then I move over to this part of the room and she's looking at me again. I was like, Jesus, what is happening here? Is everything turning? Is everything coming my way suddenly? Uh, all right. So I, I don't want to. Alice is taking care of them. Of our son, so I don't want to do this without. Um, oh, I will. I have to make amends to some of you. Okay, I'll play Bill Nye for freak's sake. Oh, God, I hate him. Ugh. I'm kidding. Greetings, Bill Nye here with more on masks. Here's a map of the United States. The red ink shows where people are wearing masks. The black ink shows where people are getting sick with coronavirus. <laughs> I hope you can see the fewer the masks, the more the sick. And there's a perception that a virus can... The, the fewer the masks, the more the sick. Are we sure, Bill? Science guy? Are we sure? I There's a minute and a half of that stuff. I don't want to listen to him anymore. He's just simply a jerk. But you know, it also occurs to me, if you watch Bill Nye, he's an angry dude, man. He's got He's barely containing it. Barely containing it. That is an angry dude. Sure, he'll smile during the videos, but he ain't smiling. He is angry. I think it's probably as a result of you know hanging on the fringes of um, of relevancy and um, and you know clinging to green rooms and begging producers to put him on. He seems like one of those guys who's barely surviving. 
uh, showbiz wise, that is. And then after all, that's what he does. You know, he used to have his own gig, so he was uh, much more important. Joe Biden is uh, out and about again today. Today he had a challenge again. He's done these pressers just about every day, and um, they're not good. He is, he is who he thought he was. He's not the old Joe Biden. He has certainly lost a step. He moves, man. Uh, Hume Cronin and George Burns would beat him in a foot race. Now he moves really slowly. And uh, today he mangled the name of the new, um, is it the HHS secretary? Anyway, whatever he's about to say right here, none of this makes sense. And I'm grateful to the members of my COVID team that I'd like to introduce to you now who will lead the way. I'm really proud of this group. He's very proud. For Secretary of Health and Education, I nominate. <laughs> For Secretary of Health and Education, which is the new uh, cabinet position. It's a hybrid of, it seems like, two and a half positions altogether. Javier Bacaria. You know, Javier Bashir, excuse me. He currently, the Attorney Fire General Bashir. of California, leading I the mean, second largest Justice Department in America. Uh, Bashir from Syria, one of them. And I'm grateful to the members of my COVID team that I'd like to introduce to you now who will lead the way. I'm really proud of this group. For Secretary of Health and Education, I nominated Javier Bacaria. You know, Javier Bashir, excuse me. Doesn't matter. He currently, the Attorney General of California, leading the second largest Justice Department in America. Attorney General of California, I know that place. Cancel everything. Everything's canceled in California. Ugh. We've also got Chuck Schumer is now really moving forward with his uh, with his desire to cancel student loan debt or at least give college kids some money. This would be the, the most divisive thing a president has done. Jeez, I can't imagine this century certainly. I can't I couldn't imagine. You cancel college student loan debt or you give. 50 grand away, even if the parents are making 125 grand or whatever, under 125 grand, that is a wealth redistribution that is disgraceful, unfair, completely punishes the people who have done the right things by paying for their own college. It is punitive. It is disgusting. That would be if if Biden, I mean, I mean, hopefully, God, hopefully if the Republicans don't screw it up, they, they retain the Senate and the thing's dead in the water. But by the 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 Republicans can knock it on board with it, and also, by the way, I don't even see how I don't see how you know middle class and working class people see this and say that's fair at all because it's still going to be people in Range Rovers getting money back, and that is disgusting. Here's Schumer today. As you can see, these these folks have great futures, but they're burdened by. As you can see, they have great futures. It's just young people, students next to them. By debt, we want to remove it. We're ready for questions. They're burdened by debt. They're burdened by debt. Now, for that debt, they're getting an education, which will very possibly, if it pans out, leave you in the rearview mirror as they move to the nice part of town. See you later. You know, they're not worried about you too much. If things work out for them and their degrees that cost a lot of money work out, well, then they'll you'll never hear from them again. They're going to be doing really well in living in a nice house, in a nice community, with nice cars and nice private schools, etc. Now, if they blow the... And they say, go to hell, go, sorry, see it. Sorry, Tom and Allison, you listen, watching right now. <laughs> say, but if things don't work out, and because they took a stupid college class in a, with a stupid degree, they can't get a job, or they <coughs> refuse to you know, work to pay off their stuff. If it doesn't work out, then they need you and it's coming out of you. Now, if they do well, if this guy makes, uh, you know, if this guy makes uh, $800,000 a year, you're not getting 20% of it. No, no, no. He's not going to give, pay it forward to you. But it's, since he's not doing well and making a bad choice, which is not mandatory, nobody forces anybody to take any loans anywhere. That's on you to pay. If he does well, see ya. He's riding <laughs> into the distance. If he does badly, it's up to you to bail him out. It is so unfair and disgusting. Well, and, you know, I'm open to a conversation about doing a European-style system where people who are really talented at stuff, we, you know, fund their college because that's good for the country overall, right? Like, you know, if we train the best engineers and if they're not burdened by debt. But that European system comes with a price. 
And the price is that quite a lot of people don't go to college. If you don't do well on those placement tests that decide whether or not you're one of the college people, then you don't go, you know, free or otherwise in most cases. Well, that won't pass muster here. But yeah, so that's why, like, I'm open to that conversation about that European-style system because, so I would travel to Serbia when I was younger because that's where my dad's from and where my cousins are and stuff, and they would be scandalized by how much our college costs. They would always say this because this is always like a big talking point in the American media, which is really the global media now, right? And they would be like, what do you mean? Like, well, I'm a physics student and I go to college and it's free and they pay me a stipend so I can have food and an apartment and I don't have to worry about anything while I'm a student because they, you know, this is like... Former communist country, like, they want the physics and the engineering students and whatever. They want to be the best in the world. So they're, like, training up whoever they find who's the best physics students in the country, and they're paying for it. But not everyone gets to go to college to study whatever they feel like. And and that's what they don't understand about our system, because they only hear the reports in the media of, like, oh, everybody's burdened by college debt. It's terrible. Like, what we have in the U.S. is we send everybody to college. That's not something that happens in Europe. Right. And so, you know, if that's the trade-off, I would Mm -hmm. talk about that. I would talk about, you know, the idea that you can pass a test and if you do really well, then you have free college. Right. Our college here (laughs) is about cultural accreditation. It's because that's what you do. Mm -hmm. If you're from a middle-class town, you go to college. You do all those right things. And it's, it's um, it's, it's this declaration that you're of a certain status, and right. polite company goes to college, even if it, the kids are morons, and the, by by and large they are. Most of the kids are stupid. I have seen the end result of four years of college mm-hmm. again and again and again. Sometimes I'm interviewing these young people. It's not always, certainly, uh, but many times. And some of them who are really proud that they went to Syracuse aren't that smart. You know, they have <laughs> well, orange stuff, but they're not that smart. Well. I don't know. College culture in the United States is very odd compared to the rest of the world. Like our whole thing. It's more comparable than anything to like elite British private schools, you know, like Eton or something. Our American colleges? How? Yeah. With like the school or like think about like Harry UMass Potter. Lowell. I'm like not UMass Lowell. UMass Harry Amherst Potter, is a party where you're school. like wearing apparel for the school and you're like rah, rah, go team. I mean- so around here, college sports aren't that big. But for much of the country, college is very heavily tied into college sports, you know? And so it's all about, like, your teams and your colors and your mascots and, your, you know, it's who you know and sort of an in-club. It's like going to Hogwarts and then you network with the other Hufflepuffs to go mm-hmm. to your other Cornhuskers or whatever, like, to go on to do whatever. Right. And it's, it's a club, Okay, that the networking and the um and internships actually can be a valuable mm-hmm. thing. But my point is just that it, it I mean I'm agreeing with you. It's a cultural thing. It's a it's a cultural thing. Oh, I applied not... to UMass Amherst and was rejected. The record show. <laughs> well, you could have done two years at community college and if you got good enough grades, couldn't get you would have taken you couldn't print, get in. So here's Schumer. Only on topic. Yes, I have spoken to him. I have told him how important it is. He is considering it. We believe he does, and he's researching that. I believe when he does his research, he will find that he does. Okay, so this isn't legislation. Schumer's trying to get an executive order to pay people for college fees. I guess so, yeah. I mean, seems to me Congress uh, allocates the money, right? I guess it's like a thing like, I mean, Trump gave people time off on student loans, too, right? Because it's the executive branch that actually collects the money and reports to credit agencies, right? And stuff like that. Well, so and actually, you, can, yeah. you can, with the administrative state, futz around with these things quite a lot. I, the student loan system is an insane system, and... I made it a priority to pay off student loans because they are so onerous. I mean, they follow you your whole life. You cannot discharge them in bankruptcy. You can't get rid of them. And they're they're just brutal in a lot of ways. And but but 
no, 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 no. I think but, you're a nice person, and I rather like you, Alice. But mm-hmm. screw you! You got the college, I pay know. the money. So I'm saying I paid. My, I made mine a priority to pay off because mm-hmm. I don't want to owe the federal government that money. I don't want them coming after mm-hmm. me when I'm 65 and go to collect Social Security and have them dock my I Social Security. Do recall Security payment. the student loans being a presence in my life, uh, mm-hmm. in our sacred union as well. <laughs> well, they are paid off now. Um, and that's fine. That's neither here nor there. But I want to agree. Certainly, if I had known that just having the taxpayers foot the bill was an option, then I probably would have delayed paying them off and like put extra money mm-hmm. into our house's equity. And Some stuff, people right? would say that I technically didn't go to college. Some people could say that technically. Mm-hmm. Well, if that is true, Alice. I also did not or, receive a diploma. At yeah, college, but I received but... less of a diploma. Yeah, and if yeah. that's true, what do I get? Where's my free thing? I didn't even <laughs> take up any space or waste anybody's time. As a matter of fact, all that whole time, I was somewhere else paying into the Social Security system and paying payroll taxes and doing all that stuff. Well, right. I mean, so... I want my stuff. Yeah. And... Like I said, like I can see an argument for the European style system, like that we all pay in so that we have really Never, great. The, 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 we all have really great engineers to lean on, or whatever, you know. Like, and I think that the GI Bill is a great path to that in a lot of ways, like to be able to get people well, free course, college who but, have who, but people who have don't. The Alice, country. the people However, in polite communities don't consider that gauche. They think that's gauche. They think enlisting. You know, an an ROTC or no, you know, I mean ROTC or GI Bill enlisting in the military is good because they're better than that because they're cooler than that in their right. But we essentially have free college if you are willing to serve the country in the armed forces, which is how it should be. And that's you know, that's great. And I think that um, you know, I'd be willing to you know see a system in which we pay for people who are really really talented to get degrees and stuff. You know, like they do in Europe. However, the idea that we're just going to pay for everybody to go drink at frats for mm-hmm. four years, which is what American college largely Correct. is, and then like network with their parents, friends, kids, is ridiculous to me. Correct. And I think that that's what most people see when they think college in their right. mind's eye, you know? And that's, I'm not going to lie, I spent a lot of time at college, and that's a lot of what it is. Like, it's a lot of people that, um, that hang out that way, you know, that you have wealthy parents, their parents are alums, you know, their parents pay full price for the school and they go and they get drunk and they hang out at frats and they do this, that and the other thing. And they Oh, and the kids love it. There's four years of awesomeness. I know friends yeah, who say, oh, my God, it was the best thing that we ever life. did. Best and I would want my kid my to have life. the same thing. It was magical. It's like, of course it was. <laughs> four years at Disney World. Of course it's magical. Yeah. President Trump has exercised. Right. This has a limit. If your income is above $125,000, it doesn't affect you. Thank you for asking that. I forgot. Yeah, we'll see about that. Not to mention it. It only affects middle class and poorer students. On this subject, that's the only subject. Go ahead. By the way, if he gives away that fifty grand, every college price tag will go up fifty grand immediately. Of course. And this will also be dovetailed in with a package to push people into college who don't even want to go. You got to go. <laughs> you're getting a rebate. You got to go. Right. This is the this is the question that should be in there. What about mm-hmm. the families that have made sacrifices to pay off student loans? Mm-hmm. Here's Schumer's. This is Schumer. Schumer talking to you. Well, they're going to have cho- look. Lots of students paid off student loans, but it's such a burden. It's good for everybody, everybody, to make sure that this debt is vanquished. It's never been this high. When I got out of college, it cost seventeen hundred dollars. My father was an exterminator. Well, did you know that going in, Chuck? Did you know that going in? Because these kids know that going in as well. They know what the price is. Why is it a surprise suddenly? Oh, my God. I keep getting this free money. It keeps piling up. And holy crap, I owe that back? No, I'd rather not owe it back. Go to hell. This, to me, this is the number one issue. Number one issue. This, to me, this is there's no cultural bigger, bigger issue. I don't care. This is freaking, this is scorched earth. But we could afford it. Like people can't afford it now, so... 
then don't go or save up money or pay as you go. Yes, everybody can afford it if you do it the right way. This yeah, is horse or, or serve the country. Join ROTC. Right. Do the GI Bill. Or in Massachusetts, go to community college for two years. If your grades are good, then you go into the UMass system for free, essentially. Live at your parents' house while you do it. I had a friend who has a degree from Northeastern who lived at her parents' house and commuted in on the commuter rail from the suburbs every day to go to Northeastern so that she wouldn't be burdened by student debt. What about those people? Oh, well, they're just privileged. Like, now you get to pay right. for somebody else who went and lived in a dorm and drank right. for four years. Right. Footnote, Screw I was you. accepted into Northeastern after being deferred. <laughs> after being deferred. I did have uh, relationships in the building. Um, but uh, you're right. And also, you could, God forbid, and this might be scary, you could go to college and work at the same time. Whoa. So have a job. And I, no. that take that bites into <laughs> totally not waking up till 4 p.m. Because just, I just have one class on 30s, Thursdays or whatever it is. But that's too bad. Okay? I worked full time the entire time I was in college. Usually doing, you know, I would cram in 40 hours like between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday pretty much working. I would work crazy shifts and just get it done. And like... I. I don't know. I don't. I just. I don't have that much sympathy because of that. Because I no. killed myself to take college classes. Right. So now listen to this. You know, you heard the guy say, "Hey, what about those of us who did the right things and paid off our college debt? What mm -hmm. about us?" And Schumer gives it his answer. Now listen here. This is mm -hmm. this is as they're wrapping up here. Schumer's body man, his valet, his attaché, whispers something to it, and I cut to him, and I cut it in the mic. It's gotten worse and worse. Thank down. you, everybody. Yep. Thank you, folks. Appreciate it. Thanks for your comments, sir. Okay. What? Yes, exactly. It's the Fox News perspective. Exactly. Listen again. It's the Fox News perspective. What? Yes, exactly. Yep. It's the Fox News perspective. That guy over there who worked hard, he just must be one of those Fox News viewers. That's you watching right now. He just must be one of those Fox News viewers. It just doesn't want to give away. News, as I call it. Right. <laughs> doesn't want to give away the money. You know, who would have a problem with giving away free money like that to rich kids from Wakefield, Massachusetts? Who would have a problem with that? That is mean spirited. Can you imagine how much, how little they think of you? How dare you, hard workers? Jesus, God, they really, it really does suck to be, even if, I'm not even talking about just blue collar, but if you're a working person who works hard, even if you're a plumber right now, and plumbers mm -hmm. do really well, but it's also a lot of cruddy work. Right. Plumbers, imagine that, how much time you spend doing plumbing stuff, freaking under sinks and behind stoves and all that other crap that they have to do in knowing that what they had to do, what they, the way they, they're busting their asses, the government despises, disdains them. And just says, mm -hmm. oh, God, no, you you don't deserve anything more. This guy, who, who's a lazy slab, this guy, <laughs> we're going to prioritize him over you. Terrible. Alice, what do we have uh, for stuff? Sorry, the dog isn't here now, and this is why the, there's a tremor in the room, and she's knocking <laughs> everything over. This is Pepper. Uh, what do we have for... Um, stuff on Twitter. I sent you something about people. Sh I'm not. I don't want to even think about it. Actually, <clears throat> okay. there was some. Oh, okay. Uh, Nerf gun. We did forgot the Nerf guns, didn't we? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So we had Santa uh, was anti Nerf gun yesterday, mm -hmm. but um, today this guy tweeted Jeremy Gordon. He's some kind of. He has a blue check mark. He's formerly from the Outline, and he has a Substack now. So I don't really know what he is. Ugh. But um, it's like hearing about some jerk with a podcast. Like everybody has one. Be be ashamed. I know I am. <laughs> We're ashamed too. Um, so he tweets. I know it's been this way for a while, but advances in Nerf technology are extremely unsettling. Over the weekend, I caught a commercial for what's just a color swapped assault rifle. You know? <laughs> Imagine being that, being unsettled by advances in Nerf technology. Yeah. <laughs> and Nerf guns have gotten awesome. There's no doubt about oh, that. Oh, they're great. They're we awesome. We love them. Tom plays with them with his friends because he's a child. You can shoot the kids out in the yard. <laughs> I've never done that. I never make the kids run out in the yard and hunt them down at all. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You probably would because you're a bad person. I wouldn't, and I don't suggest it. It's not a hell of a lot of fun. It doesn't... 
uh, scratch a certain itch that, as a parent of people who destroy your life, feels really good at all. Dateline. Cornell. Where's Cornell else? Do you know? Isn't it like New York? Dateline, New York. Cornell University. Ithaca, New York. Students at Cornell University can use their status as person of color to be exempt from the university's flu vaccine requirement. Students who identify as black, indigenous, or as a person of color, BIPOC, may have personal <laughs> concerns about fulfilling the compact requirements based on historical injustices and in current events, explains the Cornell Health vaccine requirement fact. Students can send a private message to Cornell Health in order to request a non-medical or non-religious exemption for the immunization. Yada, yada, yada. And it's, so the thing says, we recognize that due to longstanding systemic racism and health inequities in this country, individuals from some marginalized communities may have concerns about needing to agree to such requirements. For example, historically, the bodies of black, indigenous, and other people of color have been mistreated and used by people in power, sometimes for profit or medical gain. Not only is everybody involved in this thing a college graduate, but it's happening <laughs> at a college to future graduates. Congratulations, Cornell. That is brilliant. It's amazing. I mean... You know what? They should separate separate bathrooms, too. Yeah. You know? Historical injustices. Separate bathrooms, I think. Maybe you can have different people in different... <laughs> It's so ridiculously moronic. The language that these people are speaking is ridiculous. It makes no sense. These are dumb people. D U M. Well, either the vaccine is good for you or it's not. I thought. <laughs> what about the science? <laughs> I know the science religion. I thought. What about the science? The what about? I just saw. I just saw somebody who I very much respect because one of the reasons is because he wears a bow tie. Talk to me about science. I'm kidding. Greetings, Bill Nye here with more on masks. Thank you. Bill wants everybody getting their vaccine, their immunization in this place. So what is the science behind BIPOC not getting vaccines? It, I just told you, Alice, because... The historical injustice. Longstanding systemic racism and health inequities in this country. Individuals so, from marginalized communities may have concerns... Doesn't about that make the health inequities worse? If you tell the no, BIPOC not to get the health care that you're telling white people to get? No, because you're forgetting about the... F to vaccinate them against an illness that's affecting black and yes, indigenous an old, and people of color more than white people? Yes, it's an old trope, Alice. It's racist to do that. Oh, that is racist. Yeah, oh. there you go. There you go. There you go. I'm fine. I don't care. I'm fine. By the way... I didn't realize, so as far as I know, Alice, mm -hmm. I don't even know if we have a thousand listeners. Some We could, maybe not. Maybe we have 11. I don't know. I think it's more than 11. It's more than 11. Is it a thousand? It could be around there. I don't know. Okay. I don't know how many listeners we have. We appreciate, by the way, all the subscriptions. And, yeah. and that. And I, 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 it, it's awesome. It makes us feel good to know that you're actually listening. Like 800 people probably listen to each episode. But okay. there could that's be overlap. More than, that's certainly more than Rogan. But that, so, that, yeah, so, that could be overlap. Like it could be a thousand total. Okay, so regardless of how, but if, of how many listeners there are. By the mm -hmm. way, I have it in good, uh, in good mm -hmm. information that most people listen in rooms full of 50 people. Oh, okay. So, so yeah. We, we could have, I would we say, have, at least 30,000. tens of thousands, I would say, then. Yeah. We Okay, let's say we've got a thousand listeners, Alice. Mm -hmm. We have heard from... 57,000 fans of something called the Boomtown Rats <laughs> in the last 24 hours. I am sorry. I had no idea. We had no idea. Jesus. Who knew the international song of all Mondays was by the Boomtown Rats? But yes, people are, are outraged. We had the poll yesterday where we had the best songs that has the word Monday in it. Maybe we, had, we should seed it into the We had the, the Mamas final and round. Papas. We had Duran Duran. We had Jimmy Buffett. Um, who else would we have? Mamas and the Papas. Was, was Jimmy the Jimmy Carpenters. The Carpenters, exactly. Jimmy and, Buffett, Duran Duran. And there was... And uh, just another manic Monday. The Bengals. Well said. Susanna Hoffs. I also noticed that on the video, that when I drink water or a beer or a Bud Light Seltzer or whatever it is, 
that I go way, <laughs> way biff at the at the right, Kappa Sigma Lamb uh, beer pounding contests. You take it easy, Tom. Right, you're scaring people. Um, so, so I listened to this Boomtown Rats today uh-huh. for the first time. Have you heard it? No. Is it fantastic and you love it? I hate to tell you, it's awesome. It's awesome. Okay. This is the Boomtown Rats. This is our um, reparation. For um, well, we can seed it into the final round. We have another round coming. <laughs> seed it in, Alice. Will you? <laughs> okay. Hi, Cyril. That's Cyril Shattuck over there. Hi. Okay. Here we go. Boomtown rats. Silicon chip inside her head gets switched to overload, and nobody's gonna YouTube. She's gonna make them stay at home. Daddy doesn't understand it. He always said she was good as gold And he can see no reasons Cause there are no reasons What reason do you need to be shown? Whoa, 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 whoa. Tell me why I don't like money Tell me why I don't like money Tell me why I don't like money I wanna shoot To shoot the whole day down. The Boomtown Rats, now my favorite band. I don't like Mondays or Mondays, whatever. What a great song! It sounds like some Bowie, some Joe Jackson. They're a little bit of um, a little bit of everything. That song is fantastic. I will listen to more. If you're one of those people who have reached out to us about the Boomtown Rats, tell me more because I love that song. I love how melodic and pretty it is. I could do that all day. But of course, today is Tuesday. And since we've gotten ourselves stuck <laughs> in this morass called Song of the Day, we've got to do Tuesday music. And here we go. We'll start with the Moody Blues. Tuesday afternoon. I'm just beginning to see. Now I'm on my way. So I uh, I do like the Moody Blues, but uh, they get a bit silly around that time. Uh, obviously, the song Alice mentioned yesterday with the word Tuesday in it. So uh, I don't love Ruby Tuesday, and I, that, that song bothers me in, in, in the verses where he goes, she may never know where she came from, and it's like below his register where he can where he can sing. Makes me a little nervous. Okay, so so I found those three, those three, uh, those two I know. So then I'm thinking, in case another Boomtown Rats uh, controversy happens here, where there's an outrage that I missed like the best song ever with the word Tuesday in it, I decided. <coughs> What are you tr- attempting to do, Alice? You're going to extract him? Okay. Okay. So I, I was looking around, and I, I thought to myself, and I do want Alice to be in on this, so how do I do this exactly? Hmm. So I saw the Pogues, by the way. Or we saw Shane McGowan, anyway. I don't know if the Pogues were with him. In 1990 and... Eight maybe at the Fla Festival, which is spelled F L E A D Festival, and and uh, oh, Joe Biden expected to nominate Rep. Marsha Fudge as Housing and Urban Development sources say, um, which is good. So now we'll have a bass and a fudge in the cabinet. Uh, so I saw the post. I had never known much about Shane McGowan, but I went with a friend of mine, a girlfriend then, and. Uh, Guy and his girlfriend, and my friend was from Ireland, and he said, uh, you're going to like these guys. And I had heard Shane McGowan like to have a uh, cocktail occasionally. So so we're waiting for the headliners. First, The, the first band to open up was this, a very uh, little-known band called, what were they called? Uh, the Dropkick Murphys. Uh, and then we're waiting for the Pogues, or Shane McGowan, to get up there. And the band's up there, and they're all just standing around waiting. And there's no Shane McGowan. And I said to my friend, like, where is he? And then it was like 20 minutes, no Shane McGowan. And, and he told, he's like, he said, Tom, there's a good chance he's not coming. <laughs> and I was 
like, he's got a, it is the Shane McGowan concert, right? He's headlining this thing. He's like, yeah, but with him, you just don't know. You don't know if he's going to be up for it. So eventually this like black, like 1989 Cadillac pulls up to the side of the stage and you can see it's kind of near where we are. And this guy comes out of this Cadillac and it's Shane McGowan. And he was the single most plastered human being I have ever seen in my life. He was thoroughly obliterated getting out of this car. He had people holding him up to get in the car. As I'm like, I'm like, there's no way. There's no way that this guy's operational. It's ridiculous. But they carry him over to the microphone. He holds the mic stand. He is bleep faced. At times, he's looking over at the bassist and wants to fight him. He is gone. He is the trouble guy at the bar. And I'd never seen this before. And the band starts going. And bang, you start singing. And he, bang, nails it. And he's awesome. Like, Jesus, it's incredible. Uh, so see Shane McGowan. Somehow he's still alive, I think. He's still alive. But uh, but that blew me away. That guy was seemed like he was inoperable, but he was <laughs> good to go. I don't get it. These I have friends like that who are like... Um, TKOs, you know, or at least when, when they were younger, they would be just obliterated, but never, but keep standing up. And it was, it's remarkable. You know, some of them else. It's remarkable <laughs> that they have it. Like, usually there's a point where I would, if we were out for a really tying one on, where I would sneak off, slink away, and they all say, Where'd that fat idiot go? And I would like go to some, <laughs> go get food and then go to sleep. Some, some you people... still do that. You still go to bed. I'm a slinker. Yeah, I'm a weasel. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, so anyway, so I see that the Pogues have a song with Tuesday. Mm-hmm. You don't know Shane McGowan or any of that stuff. It's better that you don't know. Let's keep your, yeah, keep you, your mind pure. So, <laughs> so uh, Tuesday morning, the Pogues song is. So I'm thinking, uh, okay. So uh, I'm going to play a little bit of it right now, and I'll tell you my thought process. So that's beautiful. So I'm like, Jesus, this sounds so beautiful. Wait till this jerk crashes through it. I know that in just a moment, Shane McGowan is going to essentially crash with the song. But to my surprise, Alice, Shane McGowan had just left the band. Oh. Yeah. You're yeah. really enthralled with this, aren't you? <laughs> I love it. So I'm listen great. to the song. This song is called mm-hmm. Tuesday Morning. This is the Pogues, Alice. This okay. is important stuff. No problem. <laughs> Jesus. So that's the post Tuesday morning. Isn't this great? It is great. See, we've learned something today. <sighs> yes. I have to get back into music again, too. Jesus, mm-hmm. I really do. Um, all right. So today, of course, is John Lennon's birthday. As I've discussed... Birthday or death day? Death day, right. His birthday is October 9th. Death day is December 8th. Okay. Do you have any news items that we need to get to before we hit the John Lennon stuff? I don't think so. Okay, that's fine because that's fine. This is what you need to know, um, really, today that you'll hear on most, that you'll hear Wednesday everywhere is this. And I'm grateful to the members of my COVID team that I'd like to introduce to you now who will lead the way. I'm really proud of this group. For Secretary of Health and Education, I nominated Javier Bacaria 
You know, Javier Becerra, excuse me. Yeah, it's something. The, <laughs> Javier Macarena is the Secretary of Health and Education. Doesn't matter. So that's the news stuff that you need to know. So for today, this is, I like to, when I talk about John Lennon, and as you know, Alice, when I, that was, John Lennon was my major in college, as a matter of fact. The music of John Lennon was, <laughs> was something funny. <laughs> I have been to uh, the Dakota Apartments. I've been to Strawberry Fields in New York, Alice. Alice. Uh, and um, it's weird being in the Dakota Apartments, especially when you've read so much about it. I read, you know, I knew I was such a John Lennon sycophant and um, enthusiast that I knew every step he took when, as he was getting out of the car, when he got shot, how he fell, you know, where the security guy came. I knew everything. For, so when I saw it, I'm like, oh my mm -hmm. God. And then I felt like a stalker. It's like, I'm stalking John Lennon. Like, freaking Chapman stock John Lennon but now John Lennon's well, gone and I don't know as much about this as you do so correct <laughs> right. me if I'm wrong but wasn't Chapman like a fan sort of in his own yeah, weird mental way very yes very um, yeah kind of organic psycho he was a fan of, so John Lennon had to be uh, ended because he loved him or something he, he was a jerk him and Hinckley I think were kind of similar they looked alike too wait is Hinckley the Reagan one yeah didn't he, though? He was, though, his, like, assassination attempt wasn't related, like, his mental whatever was going on with him wasn't related to Reagan per se as much as it was to Jodie Foster, though, right? Right. So, for him, the Reagan thing was, like, just a path to attention, but Chapman actually was obsessed with John Lennon, right? Right. Right. But so, but but they're kind of similar kinds of cats. I think they're both our catcher in the eye guys as well. Okay. Um, yeah. And it's good, but I love the book. I didn't like the book. You Maybe didn't? I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a girl. I don't know. I just, I and you know, I I defend the classics when yeah. the YA authors want all the white men taken out of the curriculum. You can keep teaching Catcher in the Rye. I'm not trying to take it anybody, take it away from anybody. I just I didn't like it personally. I didn't. I was bored by it. I thought he was an idiot and a jerk. And I like the the character. You know, the yeah. narrator. I was, I was into like, that. What is this person? Ugh. That's a guy He's thing so to annoying. get into, especially just, if yeah. you're like, disaffected like you. I got into that. Yeah. I got into. Um... I was like, what an annoying person. Oh, yeah. You got that's into that. That's what I mean. And got, uh, you know, I had actually, believe it or not, I asked my teacher, my English teacher, for books by existentialists on existentialism or whatever. So, like Camus. Camus, the exactly. Stranger. The Stranger. I got the, the. Holden Caulfield thing that we just talked about. Uh, mm -hmm. Even The Great Gatsby was in there somewhere. Is that that? I, not really, different. but it was. There's something about girls like Gatsby too, though. And I loved Zora Neale Hurston. That was like one of my favorite. Their eyes were watching. I like God. Hurston's earlier stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, but then Hurston I only Howell found third. out. I only she's like a Harlem Renaissance writer, but I only mm -hmm. found out afterwards. Also, a big libertarian, a black woman libertarian. Really, he needs more water. So now the, he's brought up two dogs. One of the dogs is about to drop can a... Can you tell... Can you yell to Sally to get him water, please? Um, okay, so let's get right to it here. I think that you should know... John Lennon was just the, just the best. He was a brilliant guy. He was a great songwriter. He was hilarious. Um, did he have some behavior issues? Sure. Would he knock around Yoko a little bit? Yes. Um, but he was so, you know, it, he was also a dirtbag, but he was, he was a brilliant guy and I, I just, uh, loved him. I found this little bit of, uh, a John Lennon, uh, Q&A from about 1971. This is right after he released Imagine and McCartney had released Ram and John Lennon, Cyril, look, look, Cyril, and, um, John Lennon, uh, takes some questions from the audience. Young man right here, the first row. I'd like to know if you've heard the new McCartney album, and if so, how'd you like it? The Wings one? Yeah. I quite enjoy some of it, yeah. You know, I think it's, uh, I don't know, it's very hard to, you know, uh, listen you to your like friend. It? How did you like it? Not much. Some of it's all right. I thought it was getting better. Some of it wasn't as good, and some was better. I think he's going in the right direction. What a, what a, like, great question. If you got the great John Lennon there, you're asking about Paul's new album, and, like, Lennon's answering it. Just honestly, no BS. I think he's getting better. Just also shows you that that Lennon in on TV a lot of times and in in print interviews came off like a jerk a lot. You know, he was um, he was a uh, he'd contradict he'd uh, he'd just be kind of negative and sharp and 
in Vicious. But with this, when he's talking to somebody face to face, he's having a nice conversation. I love it. I think he's getting it back. I right. think he has to. Gentlemen he's got it there somewhere. Against the wall right there. <laughs> On your Imagine album, why did you write How Do You Sleep? Uh, why? Know, excuse me. I don't know why? if the viewers could hear yeah. that. On the Imagine album, how, how did you write it? Why, why did, did I you write, write How Do You Sleep? How Do You Sleep? Yeah, Is that yeah. what he said? All right. Uh, why did I write it? Well, I don't have a reason for writing. It's a beautiful song. It's a, it's a good song. Like, uh, the Elephant's Memory Group was playing with me. He said, we must do it. And I said, we can't. Elephant's Memory was the band. We can't do it because they all only think of it as being in reference to Paul. Well, It was a song that was in reference to Paul. It was, uh, yeah, How Do You Sleep When You Write Pretty Songs and whatever. You can read the lyrics. We think of it as a good guitar solo. And I was answering a few uh, little messages that Paul sent to me on RAM, you see. <laughs> So Paul on Ram uh, wrote a bunch of questions and answers essentially to John and the Beatles uh, on that album, and so 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 John was speaking back to Paul in the song. Which, Bonnie, I publish my lyrics. You see, he doesn't, so you have to listen dead yeah, but hard. Artistically and uh, musically, I it's think a good song. If you listen to it, it's a beautiful song. Is it a little vindictive? The guy asked him. A little what? Vindictive. Vindictive. Well, it's, a, it's an answer, you know. Paul, Paul uh, personally doesn't feel as though I, I insulted him or anything because I had dinner with him last week. They were quite friends, happy. you know, and they were swearing at each other. If I can't, uh, if I can't uh, have a fight with my best friend, I don't know who I can have a fight is, with. Is he know. your best friend, Paul? I guess uh, in the male sex, he, he, he was. I don't know about now mm -hmm. because I don't see much of him, you know. That's nice, though. That's like... Uh, mm -hmm. It's nice to hear that, you know, and I'd never heard that or seen that interview before. If I can find it, we'll post it in the show notes. But if you want to know how John was feeling about Paul while he was writing the song, there is, um, there is from the movie Imagine, it came out in 88, there is some footage of John recording in the recording studio, and he's got a little message for Paul. How did you sleep, you So there you go. Um, so it's a little vindictive, I would yeah. say. Then, to answer that question for yeah. him, that movie's worth watching. Have you ever seen it? I have not. You have not? No. Oh, you should see it, Alice. Imagine. I probably should. So another thing you should do is, if you're, if you're not a deep John Lennonite, uh, you should get the album Imagine from '71 mm -hmm. or '72, right around that time you heard John say that, because it's brilliant. And on that album, there are so many songs that. That if you're not if you don't have the album, you wouldn't know about them, including songs that should have, you know, been number one hits. This is one of them. This is um, I think John Lennon's most powerful solo performance in a song. This is called "Gimme Some Truth." I'm sick and tired of hearing things from uptight, short-sighted, narrow-minded hypocrites. All I want is the truth. Just give me some truth. I've had enough of reading things by neurotic, psychotic, big-headed politicians. All I want is the truth. Just give me some truth. No short head, yellow belly, son of tricky dick. He's gonna mother up a top, so me but just a pocket full of hope. Money for dough. Give me some truth. It's a brilliant song from the Imagine album. I realize that it breaks all the rules of um, of accepted decorum for a fat guy to be dancing this close to a camera to music. And I don't respect it. I don't want other fat guys to be doing it. But I enjoy the song. You wanted to watch. I didn't I didn't suggest the video, by the way. You wanted to watch. Um, it, but um, anyway... That's where we are today. I guess in a sense, it's kind of a slow news-er day on a Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever it is. Sorry, I'm trying to get my phone recharged and it's just blinking. But um, but that's it. Alice, where, are you ready for your time? It's your time to shine, Alice. Uh, we want to know. The world wants to know if you're going to hit the post this time. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yep. Are you ready? Are you ready? Here we go. <laughs> 
find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, Parlor at Burn Barrel Podcast. You can shoot us an email, Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. Joe Biden is his own man. His campaign is run by Democrats, many of them conventional Democrats for many decades. And there there are no shadowy figures. Comment and subscribe. Despite your best efforts. Now, who will lead the way? I'm really proud of this group. For Secretary of Health and Education, I nominated Javier Bacaria. You know, Javier Bashir, excuse me. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.